0: This is Lewis Riddick of ESPN, and you are listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation. Welcome to your Steeler Nation VidCast, part of the Big Play VidCast Network, and sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G. Stryker. Welcome to Organized Team Activity Time, better known as OTAs. And OTAs obviously are not mandatory, so you don't have to be here on this vidcast if you don't want to. I will understand if you're training with another vidcast this week, mandatory vidcasts, as well as the mandatory minicamp, is not until June 7th. So we still have some time. I know we got a lot of questions about to it. got a lot of questions about DJ, and we will be talking about that today. Cause I know that's a big part of what we all like to talk about and what we want to know about uh, a couple things, at least going on, like Deontay Johnson is not at off, at OTAs right now, still not worried about it to tell you the truth. Um, many of our great receivers, Antonio Brown, never attended an OTA. Um, he always trained on his own. Same thing with Polamalu. So I'm not really upset when people, when people are missing OTAs. Now we get to mandatory minicamp. That is time for some concern because players can be fined in that situation for not showing up, not attending, and that's a three-day minicamp on uh, June 7th, 8th, and 9th, coming up in two short weeks. So we will find out those answers quickly. But a couple players were on site today. A couple players were asked about Stefan Tuitt, of course. Defensive captain, defensive line partner, Cam Hayward saying he talked with Tuitt he expects him to be here sooner than later. So that's good news coming from him. Also Tyson Alu did mention that Tewit is not at OTAs earlier today, but he's optimistic that he's going to play this season. So these guys are in communication. We do know that Tewit has been working out at different times at the Pittsburgh Steelers facility this offseason. It was reported by DK Pittsburgh sports, um, part of our parent company over with the Steeler Nation podcast. So we know there are some things that sounds like it's moving toward to it coming back. Even if to it may miss mandatory minicamp, it may happen. But he would do it with the permission of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We still have to find out if that's going to be the part or if that is the date that he is planning to rejoin his team and his teammates. Because there's a lot of stuff going on now, especially with this being the first organized team activities since the death of, unfortunately. Um, who would have been in the quarterback rotation this season in Dwayne Haskins. Um, so a lot of, I know the toxicology reports of camp came out. They are high numbers for BAC being a point two. That is nearly fall down drunk. And they said something else was uh 0.24 in his system, ketamine possibly. Uh, both of those don't lend well to making good decisions um, when your car runs out of gas. And hopefully he was not driving because man, Um, that just puts everyone in jeopardy as well. But the long and short of it is these are the teams that we have now. So, guys, this is your podcast. This is your vidcast. Oh, I got some schmutz here on the uh, lens. What's going on here? What were you doing to my lens, cat? (laughs) She's messing around. She's like, I wanted to hear about the Cincinnati Bengals, so I am going to throw up on your lens. Well, now it's a little better. I mean, I'm sorry that you have to see me a little better than normally. Not my fault, it's yours. But your questions, your comments, Steeler Nation, I will always go to you first, seeing how you do and seeing who is on. Michael Hall, first one in today, Michael. Congrats, man. We are live. Let's go. State of the Steelers back again. Hey, Steelers fam. What a day to get some answers. Yes, it is. OTA Day is a fun, exciting day especially getting the people back in the house. No live contact drills at all at OTAs. Strictly just doing um, drills, maybe some 7-on-7s, 11-on-11s, 5-on-5s, but nothing with contact. The only thing that's going to get hit are sleds and dummies. And I don't know if any of you saw that – there's a tweet that went out with Najee Harris, went through the, the uh, dummy run, got hit with the dummy, came back around, grabbed it, and started hitting his running back friends then with the dummies as they are coming through the, the gauntlet. Uh, it was pretty fun to see. It looks like they're having some fun there at OTAs, and that's always what you want to see because it's tough to get your mindset back into work. It's a long, grueling year, and this is the official first day of it, not mandatory official first day of it, but still the first day of minicamp. Ian White, how you doing? Ice Striker, Let's go Steelers. Thank you very much, Ian. Always great to hear from you, my friend, and glad to have you back. I know you're a big part of our marathoning uh, of the draft day, so always nice to have you and your input here on these vidcasts and podcasts. And, guys, like I said, it's your vidcast. It's your podcast. Start throwing up things that you're thinking about, things that you want to talk about. I'm going to start – uh talking as well and good thing cuz this is what exactly where I was going to start talking with with my boy state of the Steelers throwing up one of the topics here sounds like green got moved to guard that is a definite right now so that happened and he is competing with kevin dotson for left starting left guard currently as we stand today now i don't know if green is also serving as second team center i don't know who who the second team line is at all um But right now, it looks like they are competing for starting guard. Be interesting to see coming up here soon what the the next ones are. But the starting offensive line so far, left to right, for OTAs from today, left tackle was Dan Moore Jr., left guard was Dotson, center was Cole. Cole is now slotted in at center. Daniels is slotted in at right guard. I expected Daniels to be a starting guard on this team. Cole, I, I thought it was going to be the competition between Cole and Green for center, not Cole and Dotson for left guard, and Chooks, of course, still locking down right tackle, the, the the position that he just can't seem to get away from. Though he does a pretty damn good job at that spot, so be interesting to see what happens in that respect with that with that offensive line competition. We also have some quarterback answers. So far, and it's no surprise to me whatsoever. A slight surprise, maybe. And the slight surprise isn't who's playing. Yeah, it is who's playing number one, but not, might not be for the same reasons that you guys think. So, in OTAs, first quarterback in reps is Mitchell Trubisky. Second quarterback in reps, who would you think it would be? Huh? Mason Rudolph. And then Kenny Pickett's number three. Default, Olodekin would be fourth. So to me, the surprise is not that Pickett isn't higher. It's that Rudolph isn't higher in this lineup. Rudolph has more time with this team. Rudolph has more first team reps with this team. I still think full well, Trubisky will be the starting quarterback day one, week one, when we enter the regular season. But I thought for OTAs, team cohesiveness, understanding the system, understanding the offense and the playbook in Matt Canada's offense, Mason Rudolph, I expected to be the first quarterback in OTAs. Instead, it's a slight surprise, and it is Mitchell Trubisky. So now we're gonna have to start begging the question: how long is it going to take before Kenny Pickett starts getting higher reps? And Second question, is this rotation going to completely change tomorrow? That will be the interesting thing. That will be the thing that tells us whether or not this is actually an open competition. If tomorrow it is Rudolph going first, Pickett going second, and then Trubisky going third, and then day three, Pickett going first, Trubisky going second, Rudolph going third. I wonder if they'll rotate through it like that. I mean, I I honestly don't think Olodekin has a chance to compete for starter. I think he's always going to be locked in at four, to tell you the truth, unless there's an injury or somebody has to take it some some days off for some reason or another. That's pretty much it. That's the only way I see this going. But I I think it's at least – exciting to talk about once we're starting to get to this point. Kenny Beamer. let's go! Thank you, Kenny. Always good to hear you. Uh, Taquan, I'm going to get to your stuff here, too. Uh, I know we were talking about that uh, in a couple of these different um, vidcast podcasts. I've been mentioning each week the GM, general manager job, is coming to an end. It sounds like they might have this thing locked down before Memorial Day. Maybe before Memorial Day weekend. So we may find out as early as Friday who will the next GM be. Well, Taequann has a, has a opinion on this. Brandon Hunt for GM. Book it. Tell you the truth. I'm thinking the same thing you are Tikwan. I really am. <laughs> I, I, I think Hunt's got the inside. He's the youngest guy. He's moved up the system pretty quickly. Uh, understands everything there is to know about scouting. And I think scouting is pretty much the most important, important aspect of understanding talent. I should say for being a GM on the Pittsburgh Steelers and finding ways to get the talent, correctly to properly fit what the Steelers do well and that's what makes a good Steelers draft that's what makes it when we hang on to a lot of players because we drafted a lot of players that can do well what we want them to do and gives them a slot on the team so Kevin Colbert was a master at it absolute master at it Hunt was a big reason why we found all these players coming up through the system finding this talent um, but you know, that also transitions to being able to continue your evaluation of these players once they enter the league and to continue to evaluate players within the NFL. So when free agency hits, hopefully you can get Tomlin to rein some of these guys back over to our team because we're gonna have some money here these next couple years, guys. We are gonna be players in free agency until we start paying a quarterback franchise money. And honestly. I don't see that happening in the next three years. The next three years, we will have free agent money. We will be out there wheeling and dealing like we did this past season. Are you guys excited about that? I am. I definitely am excited about that. Always chances to bring in somebody big, a bigger name to help solidify the team, um, cut those weak, turn those weaknesses into strengths with one signing. That is the aspect of free agency that we really have not had in the past 17 years since Roethlisberger got his big salary. We had to maneuver with who we got, middle tier, lower tier free agents that fit our system well. And some of them worked out very well within our system to become excellent players. Others might not have worked out as well, but we didn't spend too much on them. Now we're going to be spending money on free agents. So that is an exciting time to be a Steelers fan, my friends. Really exciting time. So let's go to you guys always. Ian White, I think after preseason, we will know who the number one quarterback will be. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's like I'm saying. I think we're going to rotate. I think that, you know, these reporters are going to be going nuts every day if there's a change to the quarterback rotation, which I am fully expecting in the OTAs. And I am fully expecting in the first few weeks of training camp, entering the first game of preseason, maybe approaching the second game of preseason is when we finally lock down who that starter will be. But it still gives us a chance in a third preseason game to see some extra things out of these quarterbacks before we enter the regular season. But 100% spot on. Great, great point, Ian. And I agree with you completely. Uh, State of the Steelers, from all the news I've heard, Pickens looks like a true number one. Well, it's still the first day of non-contact OTAs. I'd love to anoint him. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. First quarterback taken in the draft falls to us at 20. That never happened. It's it's like when we got Roethlisberger. People had to, like, argue over two other guys for, for for a monster specimen like Roethlisberger to fall into our lap at 11. I mean, it, it's just the way the draft goes sometimes. That's Aaron Rodgers free fell into the twenties before Green Bay snatched him. I mean, come on, it's it's, it's crazy how they how the draft can go, and there still be some, still might be some excellent quarterbacks here in the near future from this same draft that ended up getting drafted second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh, the Lautikins rounds to be productive players in the NFL. We will have to see. This is just a a strange way for all of football fans that have not seen drafts outside of the 80s, not seeing more than one quarterback going in the first round. It is incredibly rare in this day and age, especially with these pro-style offenses in college, having these quarterbacks ready to throw, putting up excellent stats, which still the top five quarterbacks rated put up excellent stats. They just went in other rounds. Third, fourth, fourth, It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But it's the way it went. And we'll just have to see. Kenny Pickett, though, I think is the best of the bunch. I think that was consensus. I think throughout the league, there is no way Kenny Pickett would have lasted back to us if we let him go in the first round and came back to drafting in the second round. Even though no other quarterback was taken during that time, I think play enough teams had a first round draft pick on Kenny Pickett. That they would not have let him slide early in the second round so he would never have fell to us at that spot the 20th spot in the second round who's up now michael hall i'm putting this out there but we need an upgrade in running back to replace mcfarland and snell to back up harris and i got two in your mind we can possibly get in free agency if you're interested one had a good 2019 and 2021 season i have always interested and love your input on this michael hall and I think we were talking about this a little bit on the last show, but always, always into that. I think veteran running back will be a pickup before training camp. I don't know necessarily for OTAs, but once training camp hits, we might be signing a vet running back. Brian Brown, won't be Johnson. I'll I'll put Johnson out there. We'll talk about that though. Brian Brown! So all this GM talk, and it's gonna be who we knew it was all along. Well, let's talk about the GMs first. Obviously, it's not Riddick. Riddick got a new contract over at ESPN. We've been chatting. He's doing awesome. He's excited about his new role over there at ESPN, but he was not in the second round of talks, so he knew he was out of the running. We all knew he was out of the running at that point, but we've all been talking about Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan, who are still currently on our teams, still currently interviewing for other GM positions as well. So we'll have to see what happens to them. Doug Whaley, former Bills GM, who also worked with the Steelers. Andy Weedle, who also had some Steelers um, uh, I, I guess early stuff when he was doing some internships and some early coaching stuff or front office stuff with the Steelers a long, long time ago. John Spytek. Oh, <laughs> SpyTech coming after you from the Bucks. And Ryan Cowden from the Titans. If we wanted to run first offense, he helped build that Titans run first offense. So be, these are some interesting guys, some interesting ways to go. Good defense at the Titans as well. Good defense at the Bucs as well. Being, I, I like a lot of the drafting and free agent pickups that the Bucs have made over the past three years. They've been phenomenal. They won a Super Bowl, made it to another NFC championship game. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. The GM knows what he's doing. So not a bad pickup if Spy Tech chose to come over here as well. Maybe we'd have uh, people's signals if we got spy tech over here. Maybe we don't understand the uh, the bandwidth and hear what the other teams are saying if we had spy tech over here. Maybe we'd be able to visually see the signals on the other side and relay them to our uh, our teams because we've adjusted our system to go longer and not get blacked out 10 seconds before the snap. So, yeah, these types of things would be really interesting with a guy like spy tech. <laughs> Ian White. Mason is the same position that Maddox was when they took Ben in the draft. Yep, Yes and no, Ian. Uh, That season was still Maddox's team. Maddox was actually very upset when the Steelers drafted Roethlisberger. Maddox was still getting all of the first team reps in OTA's minicamp and training camp. Um, Ben was not thrust into a starting role or even told he was going to have a starting role until Maddox went down game two against the uh, Ravens, got hurt in that second game. That started the run with Ben. We kept with him with a hot hand, and we rode him all the way to the AFC Championship game without a loss. So that was like 15 straight wins, well, regular season, and then another another win in the uh, 16, I guess, before we had the loss in the AFC Championship game. But a heck of a run, and one that I don't know if it'll ever ever be shown a young quarterback rattling off their first 15 regular season wins don't hold your breath if that ever happened ever crazy stuff brian brown everybody knows mason rudolph is going to be the starter i think you're like i think you're tricking me there though oh oh you're upside upside down he face and the monocle i got you see my eyes aren't that good i gotta zoom in to see this kind of crap brian <laughs> but yes mason rudolph you know I'm not counting him out yet. Still not counting him out. I know he's very low in the Steelers, like, threshold. Everybody else seems to want Trubisky or Pickens. He's kind of getting lost in the shuffle here, but still has the most first-team experience with our offense, so I'm not counting him out yet in this rotation. And hopefully he plays well enough for us to get a draft pick. that's what I'm hoping for. State of the Steelers. What do you think? Who? do you think will be quarter cornerback one covering the number one wide receivers? Or do you think they will designate Weatherspoon and Wallace to one side? Usually the Steelers do that though. Um, State of the Steelers. The only cornerback I can remember them changing sides to follow a team's number one receiver. You got to go back to Ike Taylor. I mean, e- even with like Hayden, they kept Hayden on the left. He he locked down the left, and they always mixed in whoever was coming in at the right-hand side. So now, usually your deep receivers are going to be attacking the left corner. Your quick receiver is going to be attacking the right corner. Witherspoon played at left corner when Hayden got injured. Sutton was playing at right corner. Wallace can play at right corner as well. If you're asking me the way I see it, before we even start training camp, before we even understand what the rotation is going to be, to me, the three best players on the field are Witherspoon, Levi, Sutton for secondary, for corners. Those are the three best. Hands down, monsters. All three. I'd have Sutton in the slot, I would have um, Witherspoon. Left corner, Levi, right corner. That's the way I see it currently. They could swap, but usually they stick to sides. Uh, They'd have to show something extraordinary to be able to lock down a team's number one. Because like I'm saying, we haven't had a player that can lock down a team's number one since Ike Taylor. That's it. And I don't see these guys as being Ike Taylor yet. I've got some high hopes for Witherspoon. He's got some upside. He's got some talent. Levi can be good as well, but I think Witherspoon has a higher ceiling. But we'll have to see how it works out. That's a great question, Stay the Steelers. Thanks for bringing it today, man. Michael Hall, David Johnson. Here we go. I thought Johnson was going to be one of them. Top-ranked free agent, 30 years old, 2021 stats, Uh, four 13 games played, um 67 rushes 228 yards 32 receptions 42 targets that's what i like i like that even though he has a low amount of rushes and receiving his rushing and receiving numbers are pretty high when it comes to targets i'll get to that in a second uh, 11 touchdowns 99 touches five, 453 skim, scrimmage yards only one fumble those are excellent stats especially to have a vet that can come in and do all the groundwork. I like the rushes to, to um, targets stats for receptions to runs. lot of targets, a lot of receptions. 32 receptions to 67 rushes, nearly two to one in rushes, which is always the state of running backs. But that's a high amount for passing. And we like running backs that can catch the damn ball. Not snow. Yeah, but we like running backs that can catch the damn ball. Stop throwing to Snell. Okay, running backs that can catch the ball are going to do great in the Matt Canada offense. Stop throwing to Snell. Okay, we got it. But yes, David Johnson, actually. Yep, I said I had supposed to be Johnson. Love that call. Very, very productive back when he's healthy and in there. I also would not mind a guy like Le'Veon Bell coming back. Why? striker? Le'Veon Bell? What? You'd want him back as a stealer? Yes. Because he's excellent at both running the football and catching the football. And he does not put footballs on the ground. That's what you want out of a running back. David Johnson, excellent point. Case in point, more productive than Bell, I would say, in the last three years. Bar none. Bringing back Bell in this situation, I would consider it. I don't think he was a malcontent. I just think he was given bad information when his contract came up. He chose not to play for that second franchise tag, and that burned him in the ass. And now he's a cautionary tale because of it. He wasn't out there bad-mouthing the team, bad-mouthing the coach, bad-mouthing the organization. He did no such things. He was just trying to get what he felt was fair compensation. And there were still points during that season where he was expecting to come back. Until he was giving additional bad information by his agents. His agent sucks. Absolutely terrible guy. Like the Don King of agents. A look at me agent. Trying to make his, uh, his, his career off of uh, screwing guys like Bell. Who got no payday really out of his holdout. Really feel bad badly by the way that Bell was treated in that situation. And he was led around terribly by that agent. Can't remember the guy's name right now off the top of my head. But knew it at the time. Brian Brown. I think the guys have gotten a bad rap. A lot of Rudolph's bad plays were fumbles and drops by the backs and receivers. spot on. I keep taking licks when I keep defending that he wasn't the reason why they why they tied that Detroit game. He was sure he might have missed that one pass, but he threw two more passes into good players' hands that threw it on the ground after catching that football with a chance to win that game in overtime twice with you there he's good enough to win games. Is he good enough to run a team and be a franchise play? Franchise quarterback, that I don't know. But he's good enough to win games. And with a good rushing offense and a great defense like we're going to have, a good quarterback's going to win more games than they lose. Miles, I was expecting you to be on the show before I went live. You're late. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Miles. Good to hear from you, man. Always great having you on the show, my friend. Always great. You never have too many miles on the team. Pittsburgh got, keeps bringing miles in. We love having miles on the show. Miles and miles of miles. That's what I say. Never have too much. Ian, I agree, Stryker. This will be a very contentious battle for quarterback. And that's the way we need to have this too, Ian. This is exciting. I mean, you and I are old heads. I mean, we were, we remember the Maddox, even though the, the, the Maddox um, Roethlisberger battle wasn't much of a battle because Maddox was the guy, and then Roethlisberger was kind of thrust into it. We had a little bit more of a battle with O'Donnell and um, and Slash, but Slash was kind of locked into that Slash role while we had O'Donnell. Um, our last real big battle, I think, was the Cordell Miller Tomzak year when when Miller ended up being the starter week one, and I think he got pulled at halftime. That was like a crazy freaking year. <laughs> And one that I would like to forget—I I have not forgotten that quickly enough uh, for my liking. Um, Trying to think, Kent Graham wasn't he a, a starter the one year too for us? Uh, was he? I can't remember if he was a receiver or starter that one year. I don't know. how Anybody couldn't supplant Malone. Uh, I remember when Bubby Brister came and he got in there pretty easily. If he if he beat out Malone, that was probably why. Uh, but yeah, other than like when Bradshaw went down and we like kind of just gave the job to. Because Bradshaw had it locked down throughout the 70s, other than his mild, like, back and forth with, uh, um, who was that? Gilmore? Uh, Gil? Jeez. Yeah. Is it Gilmore is his last name? Gilliam. Gilliam. I know it's Gil something. (laughs) We need to know this stuff. Ah, Back in the day when it was Gilliam coming out on the field, that guy could have gotten us four Super Bowls over that. That local yokel from the south. That Terry Bradshaw, I don't know if he can do anything. He can't spell cat if you spot him the C and the A. That guy, I don't know. (laughs) But that's the way the battles go. Yeah, this is going to be one of our first real battles. So, Steeler Nation, enjoy it Ian, enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to look forward to seeing how it works out. I enjoyed watching Rudolph and Haskins battle for number two last year. That was an exciting battle in preseason, in training camp, in all the preseason games. I thought that brought out the best in Haskins. That's why I had such upside for Haskins this year. That's why I thought Haskins could legitimately have a chance to be a starter on this team, even with Trubisky on the roster, which he was. We'll never know, unfortunately. And that's sad. That is a, the saddest of, of, of tales for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's up there. Uh, Miles, thoughts on DJ being a no-show for the kids' camp? I I don't know. Was he supposed to be at the kid, kids, kids' camp? I don't know if he agreed to be at the kids' camp. If he did, that's a little disconcerting because it's for the kids. If he agreed to do something and he wasn't there, that sucks. But for my thoughts, at least on him not being at OTAs, I'm not worried at all. As I said at the top of the show, AB never attended OTAs. He was always training on his own. Um, So, DJ, I wouldn't expect him to be at OTAs. Mandatory minicamp, June 7th, two weeks. Put it on your calendar, Miles. That's the date where we're going to decide, is DJ a problem? Is Tuit coming back? Those questions will be answered. Two weeks in two weeks. Brian Brown. Yeah, let's bring back A.B. while we're at it. This is a young team with a lot of promises. Do you think Bell will be a team player? I do, Brian. Yeah, and there's no way I'd bring A.B. back. Zero. zero. I mean, I I was talking on and having fun about it, saying I'd only put him in as a slot receiver and to take punt and kick returns just to punish the hell out of the guy. That was the only way I would ever utilize A.B. moving forward. But as far as for being a team player, there's no way I'd bring A.B. into this locker room. Zero chance. And there's no way the Steelers organization would allow A.B. to come back into this locker room. Now, being able to retire for a day on a one-day contract, yeah, sure. Why the hell not? Who cares? That's fine with me. He put up awesome fucking, freaking numbers for us when uh, he played for us when he was a wide receiver. I mean, the sickest five-year stats of any wide receiver in NFL history, including Jerry Rice. Can't deny it. You can't deny his greatness when he was here. And when he was doing things well. So, you know, I'd all from that. But Bell is no AB. Bell was still in communication with a lot of his friends on the team. Bell still has a decent amount of friends on this team. Um, nobody ever threw Bell under the bus. No, Bell never threw anybody under the bus. Not like AB threw everybody under the bus. It was everybody's problem. He was the one that's sane. Everybody else is crazy. We're living in his world. Ah! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that guy. But, yes. AB and Bell were seen as malcontents because we lumped them together, because they both had some off-field situations that caused them not to be stealers anymore. But that is where the similarities end. In retrospect, with time to breathe this stuff in, looking at each account individually, the way that each left the team was completely different. One wanted to get paid, felt like using being abused under the uh, franchise tag system. Obviously, utilized it to the best of his ability to try to get paid, but should have gotten paid in that season. He never really quite recouped that money that he had never got for the season that he held out because his next signing, he was fired in a year. They didn't keep him. He was done. So having that whole year off, not being in football shape, never really coming back into it mentally kind of hurt him. But as a backup, I'd love to have him on the team. I really would. I think he's talented. I think he'd do well in our system. Brian, at least Cordell Stewart could remember what color a jersey, a Steelers jersey looks like. Truth. That is absolutely true. When he wasn't a pocket passer, I should say. <laughs> when he was running around being slash, oh, he was what he was one of my favorites. He was one of my favorite Steelers to watch, period. When he was running around, making plays with his feet, faking going deep. He was like, like the Randall Cunninghams back then. That was really the only vision that we had of these types of players. People like to say Young. but Young could run, but he wasn't a runner. Young was a thrower that could run. Cordell was a, was a, throw, was a runner that could throw. That's, there's a difference there. Michael Hall, Tariq Cohen, 26 years old, 2019 se- seasons, uh, 16 games, 11 starts, uh, 64 rushes, 213 yards. 79 receptions on 104 targets, 456 yards, three touchdowns, 76% catch percentage, 4.4 yards per target, 143 targets, 4.7 yards per touch, 669 scrimmage yards, and three fumbles. The only thing that hits me there is the three fumbles, but I do like his production. I do like his usage as a receiver as well as a running back. Because those are the types of guys you want. You don't want one-dimensional players anymore on this team. No more one-dimensional runners. Snell is the last one we have. So I can see Snell possibly being replaced. McFarland, I can still see making this team. If he can be healthy, the guy's just never been healthy. Hopefully you he can find a way to stick on this team. We'll see. But I like that. I like his age. I like his productivity as both a runner and receiver. Somebody that can come in a spell. And run with it. The only, the only number that jumps out at me is the three fumbles and 11 starts. That's high for what we expect, zero in 17 starts for Najee. <laughs> that's what I like to see. And Bell was the same way. Like one, maybe two fumbles max a season. And all the touches that Bell used to get. That was insane. That's what, that's what you need. You need kick and punt returners that don't put balls on the ground. You need your star running back to never put the ball on the ground too. That is a big way to win football games as well. And the Steelers do understand. It all of those aspects. Brian Brown, sad thing about all these terrible quarterbacks is the Steelers usually had a great defense. You know, yes, Brian, but you also have to understand it's easier to build a great defense than it is to find a Hall of Fame quarterback. It is. We've got players, I mean, especially when the Steelers were like one of the first teams to transition to a 4-3. Steelers had their pick of whoever they wanted for those transitional guys, those defensive ends that were too small. They didn't fit anywhere in the league, except the Steelers would pick them up make them outside linebackers. Boom, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders are making Pro Bowls. How'd they do that? Because Steelers were looking for different things out of their defensive linemen And linebackers than the rest of the league. That gave them an advantage. 80s, early 90s, the Steelers had a 100% advantage being a 4-3 team. Now over half the teams in the league are 4-3 teams. Those outside linebackers that we used to get in rounds 4-5-6, now they're going rounds 1-2-3. Why? Because there's so many teams that understand that that is the type of player that they can utilize to be an Awesome outside linebacker if they're slightly undersized at defensive end in college, but they're still really good at getting the quarterback. Rest of the league knows how to find those guys too now. That's that's the only unfortunate thing. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. And I'm, me and Ian's age, we got a lot of hindsight. <laughs> you can earn more and more high hindsight with every year, you young pups. <laughs> Miles, yeah, he was supposed to be there because it was his camp. Oh, it was his camp. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Also, did I get a haircut? I did. (laughs) I actually cut my own hair, Steeler Nation. If it looks good, I hope you like it. Um, I've been doing it since college. I was a poor punker back in college. I used to just like shave it with a buzzer. Um, Mohawks did a ton of those growing up um, because it's easy to do a Mohawk by yourself as well. But yeah, just keep it all on. It's, a, it's all a three, basically. From here down, it's a three. And then I just let the top, I let that grow out a little bit to cover my bold spots <laughs> as I'm getting older. <laughs> but yeah, thanks, man. And it's easy to, I, I should pull one. I actually can even shave my neck by myself too, like trim my neck perfectly by myself. Just because I've been doing it for so many years. Uh, one of the many, many talents <laughs> that I've I've received just from saving some money. Ian, I remember when Mark Malone was our starting quarterback. Oh, my gosh. No. I I mean, I I thought I've repressed those years, Ian. (laughs) That's when I became like a huge Steeler fan was the Mark Malone years, and we were horrible. Abercrombie had a better job of moving that football than Mark Malone. (laughs) He was garbage. But at least we had some Lewis Lips years to move the football down the field. Uh, And, and, uh, you know, Ouija Thompson was fun to watch. Uh, Dwight Stone, Dwight Stone hands. Is as fun as well, the fastest guy on the field that might catch the ball. <laughs> Nobody was catching him if he did. Uh, but, yeah, those are some fun times, guys. 80s Steelers, the forgotten years, guys. We had some good times back then, even though we had to endure Mark Malone as the starting quarterback. Uh, we already know we have our number two running back. Uh-oh. We have our number two running back. Oh, three miles. oh. I think I know who you're going to say now, but I'll let you say it. I'll let you tell the rest of Steeler Nation. If you're talking about our undrafted rookie free agent pickup, love to hear that one. Uh, Michael Hall, call Polamalu out of retirement to replace Edmonds. Plus, on the down low, want to see that hair flow once again. Oh, man, I miss me some Polamalu. I actually, we we have a thing going on over on SteelerNation.com in the football forum where people are putting up their top five Hall of Famers of all time. A lot of people are very heavily skewed for throwing up, um, you know, the players that played in the 70s. And don't get me wrong, they're all great players. All of our Hall of Famers were insanely amazing players. But I've got some players on there that I know some people, I only had two players from the 70s on my teams. And if you guys want to hear them, I'll I'll go through them right now too. Let's talk about Hall of Fame. In order, I'll go from five to one, the ones that I put up on SteelerNation.com. Number five. The best center, in my opinion, most athletic center that changed the game of what it was to be a center was not Mike Webster. It was Dermattie Dawson. People had a game plan for DeMetty Dawson. He's my number five all-time Pittsburgh Steeler, Hall of Famer. Number four. All-time Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Famer, the guy we just talked about right here, Michael Hall, Tasmanian Devil, Troy Polamalu. That guy could do more and cover more field than just about anybody I've ever seen play the game of football. Rangy, punishing, game-changing, and was the hardest defender I've ever seen for other teams to have to identify at the line of scrimmage pre-snap because how fast he can move from one spot to another at the snap of the football. You didn't know where he was or what he was doing by where he was lined up when you said hike. <laughs> that was insane. Number three, Hall of Famer, Pittsburgh Steeler Hall of Famer all time. I'm going with Jack Ham. I, I want to go outside linebacker here, but I went with the single greatest tackler I have ever seen in football period. If, if you had the football and Jack Ham was near you, you were on the ground. The guy was incredible on how well he did all the fundamentals perfectly. He understood where the play was going every time. You couldn't block him. He could shed anything. And he always took his guy to the ground. You never slipped his tackles. Guy was just an anaconda. <laughs> he brought you down. Number two might be the biggest surprise a lot of you might have. About me going the entire generation for Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Famers. My number two pick, Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson? What? Rod, Wood- Rod Woodson is probably the most single most athletic person to ever put on a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. Excelled at kick return, punt return, cornerback, and played wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. When he left the... Only player to ever return from the ACL in the same season. When he left the Steelers, he changed positions and still was an all-pro at free safety. For years, winning the Super Bowl with the Ravens. Guy just did nothing but get turnovers and take them back to the house. More return touchdowns than any player. That's why he's number two. Number two in my book. For top five Hall of Famers of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And number one, who's number one striker? Who's that going to be? Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney for picking up all the players, for being the leader for all the Super No, I'm just kidding. Dan Rooney's not there. Number one, Mean Joe Green. Mean Joe, of course. Come on. The cornerstone of the steel curtain. He was the reason that we went from trash can to the Super Bowl. Mean Joe Green. Give that guy a Pepsi. Because <laughs> I hate the other company. <laughs> but that's my top five. You guys can agree and disagree as much as you want. Love to hear your top fives as well, guys. That's how we do it. Uh, Miles, I want to see Ryan Clark more. Michael, we have our Troy and Minka. Hi, honey. Hi. You going to bed? Yeah. Okay. Love you, sweetie. I love you, too. All right. Say good night, though. See you later, Nation. Good night, Steel Nation. <laughs> All right, good night. I'll see good night you. Nice seeing you. <laughs> I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> All right, see you, sweetie. Well, we see more Ryan Clay, more, more Michael. We have our Troy and Minka. Well, Minka is not a Troy. Minka's more like a Jeff Reed. Not Jeff Reed. Jeff Reed? Yeah, yeah, the, the old free safety for the... Um, Baltimore Ravens. Though so that guy was way more of a playmaker and playing more downhill on pass plays. Jeff Reed's one of the best free safeties I've ever seen in the league ever. Just absolutely awesome. Am I saying the name right? Is it Jeff Reed? Is Jeff Reed a kicker? Who's, who's the Reed? One was Reed with a kicker? I thought, I know it's one of the Reeds that were, was it even Reed? Now I'm like messing with myself. The, the Ravens free safety was the best one, but he's a free safety. He's not a strong safety. Troy was a strong safety, but could play free safety. Now, Minka's a free safety that can play strong safety but doesn't want to play strong safety. He's not going to be your slobber knocker in the hole the way that Troy was. He's not going to jump over the line of scrimmage and sack a quarterback on the snap the way Troy was. But he will make the right read, cut in front of the right guy, pick off the ball, take it the house. I do love me some Minka. I just need a Batman, a Robin to his Batman. I need a Robin. Because right now we have an egg <laughs> as opposed to a Robin to his Batman. You got Edmonds out there laying eggs. (laughs) I'm done with it. KZ, please be on the field with my man. I want to see some crazy KZ going out there, ripping some heads off. That's what we need, Steeler Nation. Crazy KZ over with the mink. Mink of Fitzpatrick. Michael Hall, we still have one man left of the OG Killer bees, Boswell, great call, Michael Hall. I believe somebody just put up an article on SteelerNation.com calling him the last of the killer bees as well. Phenomenal, phenomenal talent. If Justin Tucker did not exist, everybody would be talking about how good Boswell is because he's up there for all time. Great kicking percentage and accuracy at 88% or something, I believe. Um, But yeah, that's, that's just an amazing, amazing point. He's creeping up. I think he's number three all time in scoring for the Steelers. I hope he gets it. I think he's got like, do you pass Franco Harris yet? I know Gary Anderson's up there. Jeff Reed would be up there. Um, oh yeah, there, Jeff Reed is the kicker. <laughs> Who's the other? Reed? Damn it. My brain. <laughs> I say striker for GM. <laughs> Don't worry, I will laugh at that as well. <laughs> I'm much happier covering the Steelers talking trash that other teams having fun with it making jokes because this is the way it is guys this is why we all come back each week and hang out because we're all having a good time and i can't do this as much when i'm gm so i'll just have to turn so oh, hello yeah yes oh, oh, oh yeah mr rooney you call me in you'd like me to be the gm well but i mean you have seen my podcasts and didcasts, and you like what i have to say and you think that would translate well well I can't give up my podcast and vidcast. I I, I got to keep with this, so I, I'm going to have to decline. I respectfully decline. But if if you would at least f- refund me the back the money for my season tickets, would it, hello hello Mr. Rooney hello. Uh, looks like I'm not going to be the GM, so that's okay. <laughs> I'll still be here on the podcast and the vidcast. Brian Brown, I thought that was Magnum Pi. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Edmonds is going to have a breakthrough year. You'll see. Don't blink. Cut my eyelids. <laughs> Brian Brown, if you don't want me to blink on that one, you got to cut my eyelids because I'll be blinking a lot. Usually it's this when it comes to Edmonds. <laughs> but I don't want to do it. I want to root for the guy. He did get better. He did. He's, still, not, he's still average. First rounders should be above average. They should be pro bowlers by now, by fifth year. Should be a Pro Bowl, John Burns. You're not wrong about Woodson. Thank you, John. Thank you. Yeah, that's extreme, extremely underrated. With you know, the nostalgic history of Steelers players. Why? Because he also we also have to balance the memory of how great Rod Woodson was in the Black of Gold, Black and Gold, with him also playing for the Golden Red, the Silver and Blue, the black and purple and that taints a lot of minds especially winning a super bowl with the ravens though i was wearing my rod woodson jersey at the playoff games that i went to i went to the one against denver they actually showed the um the raiders game on the big screen at the stadium i was there for that as well because my friends lived across the street at the time and then um For the Super Bowl, I went to a Super Bowl watching party and wore my Rod Woodson jersey for that as well because I was rooting for him to get a ring. I really was, Um, and I was happy to see him win one because he deserves to be a champion. A guy with that kind of talent and what he could do deserves to be a champion. Michael Hall, Polamalu, hashtag Speed Demon, hashtag Houdini. If a Speed Demon and and Houdini had a kid, it would be Troy Polamalu, and it would look weirder though. I think Rod Woodson was a bigger ball hawk than Troy was all time great. He was different players, different kind of players, but still both of them, incredible players in their own right. And the reason probably why I have Rod Woodson up two slots higher than Troy Polamalu. Ed Reed. Thank you. Damn it. Josh coming in. Josh gets a point. Steeler nation point goes to Josh for the night. Thank you, Josh Parker. I knew it was one of those damn reads. Thank you, Miles. Jeff Reed's the kicker. I know. It's like, isn't Jeff Reed the kicker? Yeah, I figured that out. Damn it. Ed Reed. Yeah, I love me. I love watching. Honestly, like, I watch a lot of Baltimore games. I'm here in Baltimore. I live in the area. If the Steelers aren't playing, I'm watching a Baltimore game. My friends invite me to Baltimore games all the time. And if I'm if the Steeler game's not at the same time, I'll go. I'll actually go and watch them. If they're playing on a different day or at night, hell Yes. It's a fun way to have lots of football in one day. And they also make their teams a lot like the Steelers. Hard-hitting defense, punishing defenses that are game-changing defenses. Their special teams, I'd say, would be better than the Steelers, but the Steelers are getting up there too. Kickers and punters are always amazing. Uh, Returners are always great. Offensively, a little bit different. They've been always trying to find that franchise guy at quarterback. They've always been trying to figure out how to draft wide receivers. They've been pretty good at finding running backs. Awesome at finding tight ends. Awesome at finding tight ends. But still, a similar team. If, if they were in different colors, they were black and gold instead of black and purple. A lot of Steeler fans would really enjoy watching them too. Really would. And that's the way out. You got to look at football sometimes, the competition and seeing what players and plays do, because it, it's you can never watch too much football. You just can't. Brian Brown, Striker, and his names. <laughs> You guys, thanks for busting my balls tonight, Brian. I appreciate it. Miles Jack gets Defensive Player of the Year. Put money on it, people. I don't know. That's I like that Miles. I like that prediction. Miles going with Miles for DPOY. Not say it's going to happen. He's got to play better than T.J. Watt on this team. He's got to play better than Cam Hayward on this team. He's got to play better than Mika Fitzpatrick on this team. If he does that. D-P-O-Y, DPOY all the way. <laughs> I'd love to see that, Miles. <laughs> you never have too many great players on a team. Brian Brown, Miles, you might be onto something. Miles Jack is a beast against the run, and we need that since we didn't have Vince no more. We don't have Vince no more. No more Vince Williams pounding up the middle, exploding that A gap, destroying quarterbacks up that A gap as well. He was a pass rush threat. Like to see Miles Jack do some more of that a gap gashes, getting some quarterbacks on the ground because that would be fun to see. Miles, thoughts on Riddick out of GM talks? Yeah, I talked about that a little earlier on the show. Just made light of it. We're chatting back and forth, which is why. And he's got a new contract with ESPN, so he's not returning. Um, He's not going. He's not in the running. He was was not in the second round of interviews. Um, But I would have loved to have had him. I think he and Tomlin would have worked very, very well together. They're both highly, incredibly intelligent football minds that are always striving to get smarter and understand the game more. And that would have been fun to watch. But he's not in the running, unfortunately. But might have him back here on the show this year. Love to have him back here on the show and talk about it, at least how the Steelers look. Sands, Ben Roethlisberger this season. And unfortunately, Sands, our favorite quarterback at the time when we talked before. Dwayne Haskins um Michael Hall back to outside linebacker position I got a yeah great player we need that's in free agency Justin mother Effen Houston I love Justin Houston I wanted Justin Houston last year in free agency why didn't Justin Houston come to the Steelers last year in free agency? Because he had zero chance of being a starter. That's what we told Ingram. You're not the starter. You're going to rotate. Then he was pissed off that he wasn't getting as many snaps as he wanted. Highsmith's ahead of you, man. Highsmith's better than you. And look at the stats when you left. Highsmith was way better than you. (laughs) And the stats from the week you left to the end of the season. And his stats from the week you left through the end of the season destroyed you. Highsmith is a starter in this league nobody's displacing Watt. Nobody in the league is better than Watt, at outside linebacker on the left-hand side currently. And he can play right-hand side too. He's played both. It doesn't matter where you put Wattage. I'd like to see more flip-flopping with him, to tell you the truth. Just screw with other offenses. He got to. But yeah, loved Justin Houston, the reason why he didn't come to Pittsburgh. He interviewed last year. Didn't stay because we would not make him a starter. We would not guarantee him a starting spot. So he said, bye. Went to Baltimore instead, where they could guarantee him a starting spot. More power to him. I understand that. You want to play when you're a football player. And he has the, you know, he has, he can expect to be a starter in this league. With what he's put up on film, with what he's done in this league already, he's a starter in this league. No two ways about it. Brian Brown, I'm a Virginia Tech fan, so I'm biased. (laughs) Not a problem. Not a problem. Poor striker. I hate the Ravens. Who doesn't hate the Ravens? I hate the Ravens fans actually more than I hate the Ravens. I actually work with the Ravens a lot. I know a lot of players. I know a lot of their front office guys. I know a lot of the marketing department. Great organization. Honestly, top to bottom, excellent organization. Work a lot with the Washington football team as well. The Washington whatevers they're called this year. They are trash. I've dealt with different people every year because everybody keeps quitting, getting fired or rotated in the marketing department. It's like completely new people every year. And I've got one awesome person I'm working now in the marketing department. She is phenomenal. Um, she's the best that I've ever worked with in my 17 years or 20 years now working with the uh, the Washington football organization and their many names. Um She's been the absolute best person I've worked with. Kellyanne, I forget her last name, uh, off chance. But she's phenomenal. Doing excellent, excellent things for their marketing department. Making sure all the vendors are taken care of. Um, But complete night and day difference walking into the Washington front office, interacting with people. Walking into the Ravens front office, interacting with people. More warm, more understanding. More willing to help you out in Baltimore. Surprisingly. Washington. Uh-uh. No way. Until you found the right people, and she's great people. Uh, Brian Brown, he's been solid with Raven stench. We don't want Houston. Well, so was Wormley. I'll take me some Wormley. Nom, 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 I'll take me some Boykin. Nom, 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 nom. Wash the stench off and put him out on the field and let them wring their hands and squawk at the screen. When they see Boykin catch a touchdown passes, from Kenny Pickett, what? Squawk! Squawk! Why do we get rid of Miles Boykin? Squawk! <laughs> Ravens fans are the worst. <laughs> Ian White. We have had some great linebackers like Harrison, Lloyd, Ferrier, Foot, Shazier, Green, and now Watt and Highsmith. Of course, Ham and Lambert. It's like, and that's the crazy thing, like. We, we're still leaving out great right? Gilbert. We're leaving out the, the guy that let our team in sacks all time. Um, fricking, oh gosh, the other, the other big, um, Kirkland, another amazing Timmons, another amazing player, even freaking um, Shazier before he got, he got injured his back. I mean, this team has been absolutely it's like Penn state was linebacker. You Pittsburgh Steelers is the linebacker you of the NFL. Really? They just develop and develop and develop linebacker after linebacker and after linebacker. And if your team can't develop that linebacker, they'll bring them in and show you how you to do it. <laughs> Guys like Farrier becoming like borderline hall of fame players after coming to our team. after since they spent their first four years in jets purgatory, <laughs> I'd I like to, I, I like to hope that – I was hoping that Schobert could have been that kind of player last year. I'm really hoping that Miles Jack is going to be that kind of player this year. Because I always have hope. I'm an optimist. I'm a Steelers optimist. I'm always looking forward to the next season. doesn't matter how this season ends. Yeah, I'm going to mourn it. I'm going to mourn the season if we don't win a Super Bowl. But I always look forward to the next one. Sometimes it takes me longer to get looking forward to it. But always at draft time, I start getting excited again. Miles, I know. Oh, sorry. Didn't click on it there. I know you don't pay much attention from this, but Johnny Depp's team is absolutely destroying Amber Heard's team. I suggest to everyone to never hire her legal team ever again. And that's the problem with this country, too, Miles. It's not who's right or wrong. It's not facts, it's perception. Perception can be mollified, it can be developed, it can be. Created out of thin air. That's the way some people like to operate. I don't. I'm a very matter-of-fact guy. And if you're doing that crap to me, I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> Robert see what's this asshole doing there? <laughs> you sure they just don't like you? <laughs> Nobody likes me. Not even the Roonies give me any respect. <laughs> Brian Brown, I bet the Steelers are still waiting it all. Washing it off of Miles Boykin, that awful bird smell. You guys are harsh, man. Little tar and feathering. You got you got to pluck that bird, I guess, right? <laughs> Kirkland, yeah, Captain Kirk, man, loved me some Captain Kirk, and he was big. Oh, Chad Brown, another big guy in the middle that a lot of people forget because he went and had awesome years over in freaking. Uh, Seattle, a lot of you guys do. Joey Porter wasn't mentioned that had phenomenal years down for the Dolphins. Back when they had like, Zach Taylor, an awesome, awesome Hall of Fame caliber middle linebacker. Great, great players down there. Robert C. Ravens fans don't have crap on Cowboy fans as far as for being <laughs> douchebags. Well, like, I don't know. They're different kinds of douchebags to me. Like, Cowboy fans just believe in a different reality. They believe they're always going to win. They're just completely surprised that their team just can't bash the team that they're playing every week. And it just keeps happening year after 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 year. How long ago was it since the Steelers played them in the Super Bowl? About that long. That's a Cowboys fan. Ravens fans are just F you. That's a Ravens fan. They can't talk to you because you like another team. They can't talk to you because you like a rival of theirs. And that type of angst shows on their face and clouds their ability to reason and have intelligent football conversations with intelligent fans from other teams that even have respectful things to say about the Ravens. Uh, Because I I do respect the team. I don't respect the fans. (laughs) Josh Parker, Dick LeBeau had a lot to do with the linebackers of the 2000s. Perfectly well said, Josh. No disagreement whatsoever. He completely, and the linebackers are the reason why the zone blitz works. He found the right linebackers that can play two-way football, rush the passer, play the run, and defend the pass. And that's what you need for the zone blitz because you never know if they're coming in or they're going out or where it's coming from. Awesome, awesome point. Michael Hall, <clears throat> Justin Houston, 105 career sacks, <clears throat> 2021, 15 games played, one forced fumble, one fumble, fumble recover, four and a half sacks. nine only. Wow, only 34 total tackles. That's kind of low, Fifth, for, especially for 15 games played in. Uh, 15 assisted, or 15 games started, <clears throat> uh, played. Uh, 15 assisted, six TFLs, uh, 17 quarterbacks, quarterback hits. Holy moly. Yeah, numbers way smaller than what they were from his big numbers starting to really decline from his immense numbers that he had. And, and that was with the Ravens, right? Pretty sure those numbers with the Ravens, I expected him to rack up big numbers on the Ravens really did. Schobert lets the runner get the first down, then makes a tackle miles. Jack gets the ball and makes the tackle before the first down. That's what I want to see. I feel the same way about Edmonds as well. <clears throat> Brian, so do the Browns lately. Yeah. (laughs) Magnon20, it's good to see you back. I I always have trouble reading and and, and pronouncing your name. What's going to happen to Mason Rudolph, in my opinion? I think currently, right now, he's he's currently number two in the rotation for the first day of OTAs. I believe they're going to rotate the rotation of OTAs to see how he does and see how he develops. I think it's still out for him. It's still out. Miles. Striker, why am I not getting any matches on Tinder? I think because you sometimes you got to swipe right more than you swipe left, baby. You got to put yourself out there. Come on, Miles. <laughs> and you might have to, to tweak the pictures. You might have to tweak the biography. Make it fun. Don't go all like stud and hard. i like a big tough guy. Make some jokes, Crack some jokes, have a good time with it. And you'll get some hits. Striker knows. <laughs> Robert C. Miles, you just need to quit using Cope's pick. <laughs> I don't know. That might help. I, the new haircut, that might help. This is, a, this is a sharp guy right here, Rob. Don't give me this crap. <laughs> Houston in KC in 2013, 2014, his numbers were savage. Yes. Yep. Like he got like, I remember he had like high, high, like double digit numbers, like 18 sacks. Uh, close to 20 the one year, didn't he? I, I'm just going off the top of my head. I can't remember the exact numbers. Uh, but I remember he had some sick, sick statistics. All right, guys. Last chance to time in, chime in. Obviously, I'm going to end the show on you, as I always do. Got to run down through my stuff and do, do the things that I got to do. <clears throat> but, guys, be sure to join and check out our sponsor at shop.com. Tons of signed Steeler stuff, Pittsburgh stuff. Penguin stuff, maybe even some pirate stuff over there. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't follow that aspect of it. But if you follow them on Twitter at T S E oh, sorry, at Total Sports ENT on Twitter, you got a chance to winning some of these signed jerseys. Like Kenny Beamer walking around with his signed Gotham Ward jersey. You got a chance to win these jerseys from our sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises. Follow them on Twitter. Make sure you do what they say and you can win jerseys, just like our people right here on these Steeler Nation chats. Podcast every Friday at noon released at DKPittsburghSports.com. The video premieres on DK Pittsburgh Sports YouTube at 6 p.m. very shortly thereafter, usually by about 6.30 on the Steeler Nation YouTube. But be sure to check out our great podcast at the end of the week. And if you want to put in a question for it, Go to SteelerNation.com football forum right now. There's a thread there right now asking for questions for the podcast. Don't have to have them tonight. You don't have to have them by tomorrow. But by Thursday night when I record, usually after 9 p.m., if you have your question in there, I will get to it on the podcast and you can hear it over off the DK Pittsburgh Sports broadcasts from the great... DK Pittsburgh sports podcast and networks. Read our great Steeler-focused articles at SteelerNation.com. Follow us at SteelerNation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at underscore SN Podcast or Instagram, which I'm still trying to figure out, Nation Podcast. Or follow me, your host, SN Striker. I have a banner for this. I'm, I'm going to make it look like I know what I'm doing here. Uh, show it. Oh, oh, that's magic. SN Striker, Instagram and Twitter. Over there, striker spelled with a Y, like you can see. Why? I don't know, because he's an idiot. <clears throat> Back to you guys for last final contents. Always, guys, always got. Wow, you guys have a lot to say tonight. My Lord. Let's see. Here we go. Here we go. Miles, I'm fine to take pictures from my firefighter gear. I think that that is definitely the move. Definitely the move. It shows you have a great job with a pension, it shows you have a tough guy job. And it shows that you are one of the all-time dream boyfriends for any fantasy that a woman would have. Definitely go with the fireman gear. <laughs> Always. Miles, if, she, if she's a fan like a diehard, she is your girl. Perfectly said. Ian, I would love to see us get a defensive back in the caliber of Woodson. I don't think the league has seen that kind of caliber. Maybe Deion Sanders is the only other one about that calendar, but Deion couldn't tackle. Might be a better kick and punt returner, but couldn't tackle. And Brian Brown hit the like. Thank you, Brian. Like me all over the place, guys. I want to see hearts. <laughs> I'm going to get into the Total Sports Enterprise offensive demand. I will. <laughs> That's not the way to do it. They're good people. <laughs> Brian Brown, good show, Striker. That daughter of yours, she's still adorable. Go Steelers. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate you as always, my friend. Michael Hall. <clears throat> See you next week, Striker Go Steelers. Thank you, Michael Hall. I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Magnum, who's who wins the cup? I'm going Tampa Bay and Colorado in the cup. Colorado's taking it. If you're putting my fingers to the fire, I'll say Colorado. But we'll see how it shakes out. Again, oh, you yes, asked it twice. That's fine. So nice, you yes, asked it twice. You have my heart cope. Oh cooley. You're my man. You know that. And guys, thank you for joining us for the Steer Nation Vidcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. Part of the Big Play Podcast Network. I'm your host, G-Striker. Rooting along with you, as always. Cooley, of course. Rooting along with Robert. Rooting along with Miles. Good show. Thank you. And rooting along with Ian, as always. Go Steelers!